0: Welcome in to Educational Leadership on the Go. That's right, we are back and yes, it has been a minute. I am your host, Dr. Dustin Bain, and I am super excited, been working on this for a while to be back in the podcast studios, uh, coming and bringing content uh, to our loyal listeners Uh, Again, Dr. Dustin Bain. I'm going to be flying solo today without uh, my partners in crime, Dr. Jamie Wellborn uh, and Dr. Ryan Looning, as they prepare uh, for the upcoming school year. So here we are. uh, Hopefully you're listening to these uh, over the time, but as we sit here, it's early August uh, 2020. So if I say August 2020, I'm sure it'll resonate with you. Uh, in the months and years to come. So it's been a long four months since we posted an episode. Um, and yet I feel like it's literally been an entire year. Um, so I am, I, I, when I say I'm super excited, this was like usually we don't even come up with too many notes, but I mean, I, I was working hard on this because I kind of feel like I'm getting on the bike for the first time in a long while and just wanted to make sure that the content we bring to our leaders and our listeners is quality stuff as we get ready for the school year. So like I said, uh, you know, Jamie and Ryan aren't here today. I'm kind of battling a little thing here with my throat. So we'll do the best we can. But uh, to be honest, this is something uh the, the topic that I'm going to be talking about today has been something I've wanted to do a podcast on. And even have asked Jamie and Ryan if I could do this one kind of fly, fly, flying solo. Uh, we're going to talk about developing a leadership legacy. And this is something that I've thought about I mean, literally for years and years and years, but, um, you know, kind of stopping for a moment before we jump into that. I think that we're in an interesting time of life, right? So, um, you know, uh, to be honest, there's a multitude of reasons probably why we haven't produced much content um, and posted an episode in a good while. But, you know, as working as educational administrators, the last few months have been challenging, in many ways a roller coaster ride going back to March when we left school abruptly due to the coronavirus and you know what my mindset was then and now and, and, and that roller coaster ride to the end of the year and honestly just kind of wiped me out um, as I gave my staff and I know the staff gave me everything we had for the kids um, and needed some time to relax but you know obviously a lot has transpired in our society and in our in our life and um, and so, for myself, just to be honest, I'm gonna be like very transparent with you right now, as listeners and as leaders. You know, I felt like it was a time also that I probably needed to do a lot less talking and a lot more listening. Um, and I think my staff would probably appreciate that if that was something I did more often, right? But. To be honest, just where we're at in 2020, and for everybody listening, I mean, obviously, you're going to know what's going on for years to come. Just Google it, and I'm sure you'll get a multitude of things. But, you know, as we sit here and observe life, you know, um, I just feel like, you know, there are times that we just need to sit back and listen. Um, And in August of 2020, there's been so much that has happened. And I think it's natural. For people. And I'm talking to leaders really right here, right? Especially for leaders. When things get tough and there's a lot going on as leaders, here's what we want to do. We immediately want to open our mouth. We want to lead. And we think that leading sometimes, and a lot of times, is by what we say and we do. And it is. I I mean, it really is. But sometimes as leaders, we need to stop talking. We need to stop tweeting. We need to stop posting everything that comes to our mind. And try to take and, and, and I'm not taking a shot at anyone because there are people that that need to do that and and their voices need to be heard. and this is the time for them to step forward and some of us to step back. But for some people, I mean, just to kind of lighthearted, it's kind of like they fi- they find so hard to send that one tweet that's going to change the world, when in reality it's probably not, right? And as I say that, I literally envision people thinking of the tweet that's going to change everything with everything we have going hard and what going on. And and they're thinking so hard that while they do that, everybody else is tweeting things that could actually have an influence on their timeline and they just can't wait to get theirs out. And then they don't even look at what anybody else said. So I just think that there are times where we need to step back, put our thumbs away and just, you know, be to ourselves and, and, and be quiet. So I'll be honest, that's one of the reasons why I haven't rushed... To get this content in front of you, um, you know, and I like this quote that kind of came to me, and I just naturally wrote. But, but we are so obsessed with what we have to say that we miss what others are saying. So say that again. We are so obsessed with what we have to say that we miss what others are saying. You know. So I kind of made an internal uh, pact with myself that I was going to sit back, read more. Listen more, and just analyze things that we say. I, I mean, if you look at my Twitter account, uh, educate uh, bane. Did I tweet? Sure, they're mostly about my kids, but not nearly as much as I typically do. Um, what I did do though is I listened to a lot of podcasts. I read and analyzed data, read articles, and just tried to listen to others, read other perspectives, and read and read and listen and listen. You know and I think as leaders, the more we do this, the more we think we have the answers. The more we do this, the more we think we have the answers. And sometimes we do, but a lot of times we don't also. And we need to sit back and do that as leaders. So for me, could it hurt our listenership? I'm sure, but you know, I think we're pretty clear we're not doing this to make a million dollars. So I'm trying to do this to be a better person, a better leader. Um, so as leaders, we need to be humble enough sometimes to shut up and just shut our mouth and intentionally listen to those around us because we might just learn a lot more by not talking um, and I know for me over the last four months that's that's come to fruition and it's funny because as I was preparing for this, I didn't have this but the other day, I think it was Thursday um, I, we had a, a meeting uh, with colleagues and like I said, I internally had made the choice to just not talk so much and be a more intentional listener Right? I just wanted to listen more but it's also kind of nice when people notice that and verify that. And it was, uh, I was just on a call and I went to say something and I literally was halfway through my thought and I just said, you know what, I better not. And it was funny because one of my colleagues like immediately jumped in and was like, keep talking, Dustin, we haven't heard from you in months. And I was like, nope, uh, and we just kind of had a good laugh about it. But, you know, it was just one of those times where I kind of had that internal filter go off that I, when I needed it to, but it's just kind of one of those that you kind of think about. Okay, well, people—not that I really did it for anybody. I mean, the way state we're in, we're not around a ton of people. But it's 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 kind of nice that <clears throat> maybe that influences other leaders to understand. You know, we don't always have to be out that out there in the forefront. So, you know, that's kind of a roundup of the last couple of months and and why we do what we do and and why we've made the choices we do. Um and you know it's not for everybody this could be the time where you do need to be out there in the forefront and i respect that and that's where i've done some more learning so with that said we're going to get going on the topic today which is developing a leadership legacy so after all that about not talking here we go we're rolling and we're talking once again um <clears throat> i guess you can say um when i think about this um i i really thought about okay we haven't done a podcast for four months what's something that you want to do and this is a topic developing a leadership legacy that i've had in my back pocket actually for a long time and then different experiences happen I also knew that early August, as we prepared for the school year, that we had to hit up a topic that was timely and relevant. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think back to last August. Like, think back to last August where your guys' heads were, you educators. Where was your head the hat last August and where it is now? We did a podcast last August about how to prepare your staff coming back. And we it blew up, actually. We, I mean, we had so many listeners. That really blew up. But what we were talking about is like, oh, that first staff meeting back. We were talking about, like, you know, uh, welcome back. What's your message? Now we're talking about, I mean, not even having staff meetings in person. And we're talking about all kids learning virtually. 365 days later, that podcast is kind of like, hopefully it's good for next year, but it's not really relevant for this year in all its aspects. So um, I hope that this is timely and relevant to what we're doing now. Um, And and I'm not going to really talk about how you're going to run your first Zoom meeting or whatever? This is this is to me deeper stuff. This is deeper level stuff for us leaders about our leadership legacy <clears throat> and what we leave behind as leaders. Um, and so that was really what I wanted to do um, <clears throat> about that. Sorry. Um, if you're in the education world, we're preparing for a school year like none other. You know, so some of you are starting new jobs, right? So some have been in there for a while. Uh, but here's the deal, guys. Right now, you're creating a legacy. Like what we did last year, that's so far from their mind when we prepared for school last year. Let's be real. Here's the deal, guys. It's the toughest times in life that people will associate your legacy with. When people need you the most, when they need the most support, they always go to that memory first. They think about that time when, you know, I remember when my family had an issue and my boss was so supportive. Or I was really nervous and anxious about change coming and our leader really supported and took us through it together. It's those types of moments, guys, that make your legacy. It's those types of moments that when people talk about you as a leader, they will go to first. And that's just being real. And I don't say to make you know, glorify the moment, but that's what it is. And one thing that I really believe in is this. I believe that we need to be pushing ourselves as leaders to be unforgettable leaders. You know, John Maxwell does a great podcast and books and everything, but he has an amazing podcast um, that I would suggest you go listen to. You know, the podcast is top. It it just talks about uh, we need leaders that create experiences for those around us they won't forget. You know, what everything that we do, are we doing it to the maximum? On that, we need to push our leadership skill set to the point we never thought it would go to. We need to work tirelessly and we need to be better day after day for everyone that comes in contact with us. You know, we also know that that experience with every person won't be their favorite. You know, I can think of things that are coming up people aren't going to like, but I got to get myself right to how I, I go through that experience with them. As leaders, we have to make incredibly hard decisions. Do we go all virtual? Do we do hybrid? Are we all in? No matter what a superintendent decides right now, they're wrong. No matter what, they're wrong in somebody's eyes. And that's hard. That's hard. It's hard not for people to like your decisions when you pour your life into them. But that's what the reality is, right? So many of the um, decisions we make are impacting those around us in so many ways. We never thought we would have to do that. But it's not always about the decision, it's not always about that decision. It's, it, sometimes it's rather how did we go about developing the decision and then how did we present the decision? Did we present it with empathy? Did we present it with understanding, flexibility, all those types of things? Did we do it with respect? Did we do our research? Did we do it with an open mind? And did we allow others in those tough times to keep their dignity when we had to make those tough decisions? And sitting here in August, let's be real, leaders have a spotlight on them like none other. You know, For myself, when I put something on our Facebook page, it's like they're just waiting. Or I send out an email, they're just waiting. But here's the deal. That spotlight is on, but I believe what really develops our legacy is what happens when that spotlight is not on. It's about how you treat the people in those personal meetings, about the families that are calling you right now saying they don't have child care they don't have a way to do the hybrid they don't have a way to do the virtual learning because they don't have internet they don't have wi-fi they don't have computer how are you that's what's going to define you that phone call that maybe that might be and just being real that might be the only experience you have one-on-one with that family when you have a huge school or big school that defines your legacy with that family you could be the greatest principal greatest superintendent greatest leader but if you don't handle that call the right way, that's your legacy with that family. And so it's on. It's on that we have to be on more than we probably ever had to be in this position in a while. So it's about how we carry ourselves when that camera is not on, when we're not making that great Facebook post or Facebook video or going live. It's about how we're carrying ourselves when people come to us because they're upset or teachers are a little anxious about coming back. That's what they're going to remember. And a lot of us leaders can put that show on, but can we carry it 24-7? That's hard. That's real hard. You know, and all that being said, we walk away one day from this. Whether this is your last year, you're going to retire after this year, or you are halfway through, you're just starting. You're going to walk away at some point. And here's my, my, my point for today. That legacy, it's cemented. You did what you did, and you can't go back and change it. Good, bad, and different. So right now, you're developing that legacy. And to me, that is a responsibility I don't take lightly. And the fact is, I'll be real with you, that's what drives me. I want to be, I'm just going to be real, I want to be the best principal somebody's ever had. Why not? They're going to have a couple, why not be the best one? So, as I said earlier, this is something I've wanted to do a podcast on for a while. And the reason why actually has so many reasons. So many influences from the book by Tony Dungy, Uncommon to being younger, going to a men's retreat, and they were talking about legacy. But I have to tell you, I had a really amazing experience this past Christmas break that really pushed me and reflected on my legacy that I'm building. Um, so I'm going to take you through that quick journey and, and, and hang with me because you want to talk about legacy. You're about ready to hear a legacy. And I want you to think about, as listeners, your legacy and really have some deep reflection in early August as it's about go time uh, for the school year. And if you're not in the educational world, whatever you're in, in that leadership role, you're creating that legacy right now. And that spotlight's just a little bit brighter. So let me begin with the end in mind. So back in January, and this is 2020, so on January 3rd, 2020 of this year, I tweeted this out. I said, if someone had to MC your retirement dinner without ever knowing you, what would they learn about you as they prepared? What would those around you say? What stories would they share? What impact did you make on them? So, and, and let's be honest, where did I come up with that random thought? I'd like to say that I'm a deep thinker like that, but really, I'm really not that deep all the time. So with that said, where did I come up with that idea? Well, I tweeted that and I said, be it to mind at the end of an experience I had this past December. Okay, so here's the deal. So I'm sitting on the couch Monday, December 30th, so it would have been 2019. I look back, text messages, it's 8.37 p.m. Family and I were sitting there. We had just gotten into like the Avengers movies. And so we're sitting there. I can picture our entire family sitting on the couch. It's dark in the room. I get a text from a close friend, one of my best friends' wife. And here's what the text said Hey, how is your schedule looking Thursday, late morning? Now it's Monday, late at night, 8 30 at night. So it's Monday. She's asking about Thursday. This may be far fetched, so I totally understand if you're not available or you prefer not to. I thought of you because I know you're ordained and a public speaker. My grandfather's burial is this Thursday at 11.30 a.m. And who was going to do it hasn't gotten back to us. Um, So at the moment, we don't have anyone to speak at Jefferson Barracks Cemetery. They could put together a simple script for you with maybe a couple of Bible verses for you to say, and that's it. I think it can be only 15 minutes. It will be a private service. Let me know your thoughts. Boom. 8.37 Monday night. This thing is supposed to be Thursday at 1130. What's the first easy thing to say? Well, first thing to do is never respond. Second thing is be like, I don't know about that. So of all text messages at 830 on December 30th, I thought I was going to get, that was probably not in the realm. So it kind of was like one of those out of body experiences looking back where like, I don't even remember, like I got it. And when you get something like that, you'd be like, well, I just sat there and read it. And I can remember I turned calmly turned to my wife, and she was sitting on the couch. And I told her, I said, "Hey, read this, read this message." And uh, she looked at me right after she and she goes, well, "What do you think?" And I said, with and like literally without hesitation, I said, "I think I'm going to do it." I have no idea why I said that. I have no idea why I was so darn calm about it. But I just had the feeling I needed to do it. So here's the deal. Also, I have never met the man, that I'm about to officiate a burial for. I'm literally laying a veteran of this amazing country, which I have the utmost respect for, to lay this man the rest of Jefferson Barracks, and I have 48 hours to prepare. I don't know who the the person is. I know, obviously, literally a couple family members. And so, I said, yes, so let's roll. Um, and so the next day, I started working on my presentation, and I had the friend send over the obituary, and I tried to gain some information about the man. And here's what I here's what I first realized: get this, I couldn't even pronounce the man's last name. I, I didn't know how, and like, then it's like this: my friend's last like maiden name, and I'm like, oh, I kind of embarrassed. I don't know. How to, I mean, so I'm like. That's the first smack in the face, right? You don't even know how to say this guy's name, and you're supposed to lay this man the rest with the most utmost respect. Like So now we're getting little butterflies in the stomach, which in a way kind of motivates me. So, I mean, um, the, bitch, the obituary was actually pretty detailed, really detailed. I got some good information, but not great. And if you know me, I'm not really in the good. Um, I'm really more into great. And so what I really struggled was I couldn't make this connection. So I decided to reach out and see if I could sit down with a, some of the family and just learn some more about this man. And luckily, this was something they were actually wanting to do. Um, and so we we got it together. And I'll be honest, this sit-down, I hope as long as I live, I don't forget. Because it was so impactful and really what makes this podcast. And so I sat down at a Buffalo Wild Wings locally with uh, two sons. He had uh, some some. A daughter too, but the two sons sat down with me, and I knew I was familiar with one of them. The other one was from out of town, and and so as soon as I sat down, we sat down, and I sat down with my best one of my best friends, and it was his father-in-law, and yada yada yada. So you have a couple different perspectives. One of the people sitting there, myself, couldn't pick up this this man I'm about to lay arrest out of a crowd of two. Couldn't pick him out of a crowd of two. The other one. My friend knew him for a very short period of time, and obviously the sons have known him his whole life. So listening to those perspectives were crazy. But I'll never forget, as soon as I sat down, the the son sitting directly across from me hands me a piece of paper. And he said, when my father passed away, these were the things I first thought about him. And I want to share with you who's going to be talking about him. And so I just want to read. I, I kept the paper. I pulled the paper out preparing for this. And let me read exactly what his son wrote about him. Instilled family values. Great provider, but lived within his means. Hard work equals long-term rewards. Integrity, his word was his bond. Firm, but not, I'm sorry, firm but fair. Mentor to many and, and admired by all. Well-respected by others, including family, friends, peers, management, and competition. Sense of humor, great storyteller, and finally, this is what the gentleman uh, that I laid to rest wanted on his tombstone was this quote, Family is everything. Everything. And that was what he gave me on the paper. I'm like, boom. <laughs> Mic drop, right? So, that is, I mean, Seriously. You want to talk about legacy. This man's children came up with that list about their own father. You want to talk about a life of success? In one paper, that is a legacy of success. If your children hand that across the table and that's what they first think about you, you have done your job as a father, right? This man instilled some of the most desired values parents would ever want their children to learn. The legacy he left for his children were these strong values, and and they are not just shaping their life. They, they're now shaping the influence they have on others and the leadership they as fathers and as friends. So this man and his leaders, isn't that our goal? Our goal is, yes, to influence those around us. But what I want to strive for is not only do I influence those directly by me, but then they use that to directly influence others, I may never come in contact with. I think about my best mentors. I'm doing things they would do, and the people getting that from me have no clue who my mentors are that, that taught me to do that. So let me go back to the tweet I said, and I'm going to take a pause from the story. What if someone emceed your retirement speech and they had to gather information about you? What if they had to sit down across the table from staff members that were close to you, what would they write on that piece of paper? Like, my list, if my list was a quarter of what this man's was, I'd be happy. But that's the point. The point is that every one of us developing our legacy right now, that people will one day speak about. One day they will speak about our legacy. I always think about this question in the education world, which is, who were the principals? Like, when people talk, oh, well, Oh, I've been teaching for 25 years. Oh, who, what principals did you work for? What superintendents were there when you were there? You know, or whatever. If you're in, not in the education world, well, who, who was the boss? Who was, you know, basically who was over the, you know, working with you? And they start listing names. They stop at your name? Do they go, this person, this person, this person, and oh, this person, this favorite principal I ever worked for. Or that was an awful experience. Will they stop at your name? Will they comment further on their name? Will they talk positive, negative? That's your legacy. Now, I'm real, right? I I, I get it. Like Some people are going to have experiences that are not their favorite, and we know that that's a part of what we do. But I still think, like Ryan has said in the past, about leaving with their dignity and feeling like it was fair. I think that's a part of it, too. So let me get back to the story. That night, after meeting with them, went home, and I wrote up my script and practiced it time and time again. I woke up the next morning, practiced more and more, and uh, it was go time, right? So it's time to go. I mean, we only had, you know, 48, 72 hours, I don't know, 48 hours basically to get this done. And uh, here's the cool part is like, and what had such a big influence on me was this whole time I'm going through this preparation, I felt like I knew this man. Like I literally felt like I knew this man, yet again, I didn't ever see a picture of him. I, don't, I still have never seen a picture of him. But his legacy was my connection. His legacy was my connection to him, right? And my learning was my connection to this man and the great influence he had on those around him. The values and the leadership this father had provided his family and this unbelievable impact on them. And as a father, we know we always make decisions our kids don't love. Like, we know that. But for them to see through those and understand the bigger picture is what we have to try to achieve. Staff members and people around us understand we are going to have to do things they may not like, but can they see the forest through the trees? So at Jefferson Barracks in, here in St. Louis, Missouri, um you know got to the point again kind of worked up there but I felt calm I mean I'm one of those that over prepares so that I feel confident about that so we had we we're strict 15 minutes and if you ever been there it's a 15 minute roll I mean you get 15 minutes they don't joke around and honestly guys I could not help but notice as I got up there the sense of pride the family and friends in attendance had about being there it was like one of those things where like it was almost like they were they felt so cool that I got to be at this this gentleman's funeral. That's how that's how I got it. Like they were just so cool. I got in. Yeah, I got in. Yeah, I knew that man. I'm so much better for that. So that put me at ease too because it really lined up, you know, with what I had learned about this man. So I felt so honored to just be able able to do this. And I knew I, I noticed right away the son that gave me the notes was right in the middle and kinda had this persona of everybody i felt like kind of gathered around him for whatever reason and uh so as i'm going through i just noticed you know the tears but also the joy in everybody's face as we kind of talked about um their friend their father uh their grandfather and you could just tell this man's legacy had made such an amazing impact on those that knew him and so got done with the ceremony and and again um you know, kind of got out of there. I mean, again, this is for them, not not for me, obviously. So, you know, as I drove home that day and finished that ceremony and, and felt like I did the best I could um, on that moment, um, I drove home and I had a number of different emotions and thoughts on the experience. You know, I'm the type of person when I'm all in, I'm all in. So, for those, from the moment I got the text message to the moment the the funeral happened, I was in the zone. Didn't have time to reflect. I was focused on getting this man uh, his due and, and making sure it was it was a great experience. So you're in there. And then when it's done, right, you kind of have this, it's over. And so I'm driving home and I just, I knew it was just one of those impacts that had on me that was a legacy type thing. And I started thinking about me and that's the smack in the mouth, right? What legacy am I creating as a father, husband, friend, and a leader. I started thinking about myself and what would my kids say? What would they say about me? What would my wife say about me? What would those I lead professionally say about me? And those, like I just said, man, those are tough. They smack you right in the mouth because, look, we, we naturally think the worst, but you know, think about the good too. But think about the combination of good and bad and can they see through that. I knew, I knew then I was going to create a podcast and actually I'll give a shout out to, uh, my buddy, Bo. When I tweeted that out about MC and he immediately replied back, sounds like great podcast content. So he knew where I was going, Bo Ricker. So I knew that, but you know, first and foremost, it's not, that was totally in my mind, disrespectful to have that experience and immediately start talking about it. Um, that's, that's just disrespectful to the family. Um, for such an amazing man. And, and personally, I just wanted time to reflect. I wanted to let it breathe. I wanted to let it go and kind of see if it ha- continued to have that impact on me. And it did. For sure. Just, it just did. So let me pose this question to you. As we get towards the end here. What is the legacy those that surround you will speak about? What is the legacy those that surround you will speak about? As a teacher... What do former students and colleagues feel about your influence on them? Did they like working with you as a teammate? Did they like having you in class? As leaders, what do those remember about your leadership and what you instilled in them? Again, I worked for these principals. Do they stop at your name? So here we are, right? You know, August 2020, this is, you know, I, in my opinion, pertinent to our current environment, because I'm going to be real with leaders. Here's the deal. This is a snapshot in time that will be defining moments in your legacy and my legacy for years to come. Sometimes, I'll be honest, we try not to, and I'm one of those that tries not to blow things out of proportion. But the reality is, you have teachers in your building, or you have co-workers around you guys that are maybe not in the education world, that have been doing this job for 25, 30 years, and have never gone through something like this. So to me, it's not blowing it out of proportion when in reality, the vast majority of people have never gone through something like this. And it's going to impact our legacy. Here's another reality, and this is something that I talk about with other people, is the world has so many mediocre leaders. The world needs great and unforgettable leaders that do things that leave a legacy on those around them. The world needs great and unforgettable leaders that do great things that leave a legacy on those around them. This is a moment we can't be okay with just being okay. Our communities and those around us, depending on, they're depending on us too much. Remember though, you're going to mess up, right? So I know this, you know this, we're going to mess up, we're going to get things wrong. But how will you handle that? You're going to make some amazing decisions that really help those around you. How will you handle that? People are watching and they want to be led. So lead them. One day you're going to walk away, right? We're going to walk away. We don't know when that is. And how will those that come in contact, (coughs) excuse me, speak about you? So one day when you walk away, how will those that came in contact with you speak about you? What lessons or influences will you leave behind? So when you think about your leadership legacy, when you walk away, what will they define you? When you think about your leadership legacy, I want you to think about the moment I was sitting at the table at Buffalo Wild Wings with the four people and the and the son handed me the piece of paper and it was filled up with statements. What are the statements that they're going to write about us as leaders? And that's what we have to use to drive us. When we think something's easy, are we doing it the right way? When we don't want to have that meeting, are we doing it and planning it out so that it's the best meeting that person can have? It's tireless work. But one day, you're going to walk away. And maybe to some leaders, it doesn't matter. They're working for retirement. I decided a long time ago, I'm not working for retirement. I'm working to work now. And if that comes, it comes. I'm working to cement a legacy. We're put on this earth to be great. I've been put it in a position as a father, as a husband, as a leader, to try to do my best. I'm not going to be perfect, but we're going to do our best. Okay. I want to thank you uh, for listening to Developing a Leadership Legacy. Thank you. Please subscribe to Educational Leadership On The Go. Our goal is to get this content back going after a little hiatus of uh, listening and learning and ready to go on this school year. I want to take a moment to wish luck to our leaders, to our teachers, um, to everybody out there. Stay safe, keep leading, and do your best every single day for our kids. Have a good one.